Welcome to the Lex City Church Podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Lex City, please visit LexCity.Church. Well, hey, big church, how you doing? I still call it big church. I, I've worked with youth for the past like 17 years, so anytime I get to come to a Sunday morning, it just feels like big church. So I'm so glad to be here. I, guys, I... I I'm a lot, okay? Uh, I'm, I talk really fast. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of stuff just flying. And uh, I, I said it, I found out yesterday that, I don't know, some of you guys know about the color stuff. I didn't never hear about the color stuff, but there's like the different, like a, whatever it is, a personality thing. And yesterday I was reading some of the card and I realized I'm a yellow, so yellow, okay? And, uh, and so that's exciting because there's one of the things that says you process out loud. And I'm like, man, that's me. I don't even think about what I'm gonna say. I just wanna be as surprised as you are when it comes out. So it's gonna be an awesome morning. And so um, I just want to uh, spend some time with you guys this morning. Yes, I know Zach, I've known Zach for years, and it's been a really awesome weekend to spend time uh, with your church. And do we have any of the Ohio people here this morning? My people, okay. So they came in from town for, for, for the conference, and that's awesome. So glad you guys are here this morning. Um, and so uh, I want to introduce myself just a little bit, and I'll jump in. I got a lot to talk about, so I want to try to go through this as quick as possible. But this is a picture of my family. And so um, I have a seven-year-old, which is, is uh, his name is Valor, okay? So like brave, it means brave in battle. That's a manly name, right? Like he probably smells like wood chips. You know what I mean? It's like, there's a, he just, ah, you know, and musk. And so that's Valor. And so if you name your first kid Valor, and that's my wife Ashley, by the way. We've been married for 12 years. She's unbelievable. She's way better than me. And so um, gentlemen in the room, any single men in the room, raise your hand. Single? Raise, raise them high. Ladies, ladies, take a good look. Okay, listen, listen, for you single men, listen, listen. That was, that was good, okay? I just, I just hooked you up. Um, marry a woman that is better looking and smarter than you, okay? To give your kids a chance, okay? That, that's free. Right? That, that's, some of you are like, that's it, man. I needed that. Thank you. The Lord has spoken. I'm out of here. And so that, that, that's for you. But that was my wife, Ashley, and our first boy's name, his name is Valor. And so if you name your first kid Valor, you can't name your second kid like Bob, Right? If your name's Bob, listen, that's cool. That's cool. I ain't bagging on Bob. But, but you can't name your second kid that, right? Because he's going to be like, no one loves me. Okay, so, so we were trying to figure out, like, okay, what are we going to name our second kid? And he's the one with the big smile right there, the poop-eating grin. And so that's him. And his name, we were like, what are we going to name him? His name is Oaks from Isaiah 61, Oaks of Righteousness, a display of his splendor. Oh, that's so right? And so there's Oaks. And then, it, then we had a third boy. And we're like, man, can we just get a girl? Then we could just figure out some kind of cute name. And, and so we're like, what are we going to do? And so we named our, our, our two-year-old Talon. So like, like, like the claws of an eagle, right? It'll rip your face off. Okay, so that, that's what we named him. So we got Valor, Drake, Newell, because the rapper, um, Oaks, Beniah, Newell, and Talon Asa Newell, so all mighty men of valor in there somewhere, so really, really cool, so that's my family. And then what I get to do every day for the past seven years is I do this, it's called the Teen Dream Center. Um, this came out of a moment, and I could talk about this the whole message, so I'm gonna try to do this really fast, but this came out of a moment where our church moved to the highest crime rate, highest poverty rate in Nashville, and when we did, I went to a school called Maplewood High School, it's a really rough school, I started hanging out, and I was the creepy white uncle. 
I was, I'm older, right? Zach, we're older. We're not as young as we used to be. We're not cool as we used to be, right? And so, so I hung out in the school and eventually kids started to like go, he's not going anywhere, I guess we'll hang out with him. And so our student ministry within nine months became 98% like inner city and the rest of our church was like 98% white, honestly. And so all of a sudden I got to know these kids' stories that began to change my life and God began to do something in me and I just said, God, however you wanna do it, I, I, we, we will make it happen. And he began to help show us how we could have a plan to help our kids not give them handouts, but give them hand ups to help our kids see that there's already gold in them and how we can uncover the gold, uncover the things that's covering up the gold that's already there. And God has done that the last seven years and it's been unbelievable the stories I could tell you. We have two girls right now that are seniors at Belmont Okay, you got full rides to Belmont. Some of you are still paying off your student loans, okay? Full rides to Belmont because they job shadowed the only black female judge in Davison County and when they saw a powerful black woman in the courtroom, they were like, I can do that. And it was really amazing. I can tell you a story. If you want, after, I'm gonna be in the lobby. Me, me and Brian are gonna be in the lobby. I'll tell you all kinds of stories. We'll talk more about that because I could spend my whole time just talking about that. But it's really, really awesome. I'll tell you more about that later. But this morning, what I wanna do is I wanna, I wanna talk to you guys um, about one of my favorite topics that I love talking about. If I can get in front of big church, I wanna talk about this topic. And this topic is on identity. And so some of you have heard about identity, all this stuff. But I wanna start with um, when me and my wife, before we had kids, uh, we, would, we would go to like premiere movies. Anyone ever go to like the premiere, like right when it's showing, like the first time it comes out, you like line up in the line? You ever do that? It's been a long time for me, okay? I've, I barely get sleep. I have, I have three kids. I have not seven, three kids. Um, and so, um, and, and the, one of my friends, they were telling us how we need to go see this movie because you gotta go because you gotta watch all the people because the people are crazy. They dress up and they line up like two hours early. And so I'm like, okay, I don't read, I've never read these books, whatever. But yeah, I'm always up for a good time, I'm with yellow, right? Let's go, okay? So, and so uh, we get in this whole, this whole line, we show up there, and sure enough, people are dressed in all the stuff. They've got like the lightning bolt. Got the round glasses, you know what I mean? And they're wearing this like thing, and they got their little sticks. It's a wand, whatever, okay, chill out. Okay? <laughs> Geeking out on me over here. Okay, listen. It's Harry Potter. Okay, that's what it is. Okay? And so, any Harry Potter fans in here? A few of you are, are okay to say it in church. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> we'll pray for you. I'm just kidding. And so, anyway. <laughs> seriously. Anyway. Uh, but so I get in this line and, and we go into, the, go into the movie and it's, we're sitting in this movie. And before the movie even starts, before the credits roll, before anything comes on, people are like acting stuff out. Beer, 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 beer. You know? Little sticks, right? Wand, okay, whatever. And so, and they're doing this thing, and then the, the, they start, the, the credits start, and they're like, so excited. And watch this, it's amazing. If you haven't seen it, it's already too late, okay? So I'm about to do a spoiler alert on you, okay? So I'm sorry, if you don't wanna hear it, plug your ears, okay? Listen. There's a part as we're watching this movie at Harry Potter. There's a part in the movie where Harry Potter dies. Did you plug your ears? I hope you did. <laughs> he dies. There's a lady behind me wearing all the garb. She's got the, the thing and the thing, and she's sitting behind me, and she's losing her mind. I mean, weeping loud. 
<sighs> my boyfriend died. <laughs> and like, what's your wand going to do for you now? Right? Like, okay. And so she's weeping, weeping. <laughs> and in this moment, I just had this thought. Surely she's read the book. <laughs> right? Surely you didn't just show up here in the garb and the brute, 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 brute thing, and you're just here. Like, a friend's like, throw this on, okay, you know? Like, surely she's read the book. And I just realized in that moment, I thought about this. I thought, this is just like my life a lot of times. Have you ever known a truth, but the emotion of the moment trumps the truth that you know? Oh, oh, man, I'm just like sitting here like, let's preach through through Harry Potter. He can do it, Lord. Won't he do it? And so like all of a sudden it's just like, have you ever known a truth, but the emotion of the moment is trumping the truth that you know? I think we're all guilty of this. Because here's what I know. If you and I believe a lie as a truth, it will be to begin to affect our life as if it's true. Let me say it again. If you believe a lie that is, and you think it's true, that now will affect your life as if it's true. And none of us are exempt from this. None of us, every single one of us, if we begin to believe a lie as a truth, it will affect our life as if it's true. And, and I know that this is all of our thing, and I know that this is something that has been passed down to us because you can go all the way back to the first man and woman that ever existed. You guys know the story, Adam and Eve in the garden. There's the moment, right? God creates the heavens and the earth. There was nothing. He created light. There was nothing. He created vegetation. He created everything that we see. He creates the animals. And then he creates man and woman. And he says it is good. And at the end of chapter two, the last verse says that they were naked and they felt no shame. Streaking, right? Like, freedom, you know? And so, and it says they felt no shame. But then something changes, right? Plot twist. Genesis 3. And this is where I want to land. Genesis 3, verses 1 through 7. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, you may eat fruit from the tree that's in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it you will, or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent says to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it, she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened. They realized that they were naked so they sewed fig leaves together and they made a covering for themselves. I wanna show you in this scripture how lies happen because if we can figure out the lies in our lives, figure out where they're coming from and see them for what they are, we can figure out the truth that we can live in instead of live from the lies. And so right here, Adam and Eve, 
there were thoughts coming to them. There were statements coming to them. The enemy had entered. The serpent had come into the garden. He began to speak thoughts to them. They were not their thoughts. They were being thrown at them. These thoughts were being thrown at them. They were not their thoughts. They became their thoughts when they took them in and then they walked them out. The serpent didn't wrap himself around Adam and Eve and say, you're gonna do this because I told you. He just floated a thought. Will she take it? Let's see. That's what he did. They were not her thoughts. They became her thoughts when she took them in and then she walked them out. And that's what happens for you and I, is that the thoughts come and the enemy's trying to trick us to tell you that every thought that you have in your head that's come to you is your thought. And I know it's weird because you go, but it is, I mean, having this thought, but not every thought that comes to you was yours and is yours to take on and to walk out. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But if you're not hearing the word of God, whatever you are hearing, eventually you will walk out. And that's how it works. And I can tell you, and I don't have the picture today, the very first lie that I ever believed was in first grade, and it was that mullets were cool. <laughs> I really wish I had that picture right now to show you. But I didn't just have a mullet, I had a perm mullet. <laughs> we'll get that for the second service, so you might wanna hang out. Okay, so, um, <laughs> my mom permed my mullet. Okay, don't laugh, it's not funny. I don't come to your job and laugh at you, okay? So listen, and so, I, and that was the first lie I believed. I got the picture, I know it was a lie now, you know, like I got the picture. But really the first lie that I ever believed, I remember I was in first grade that really impacted my life and I don't even remember what was happening, I just remember this, I was up on the board, the teacher asked me to go up on the board and I was writing something on the board and all of a sudden people began to laugh and in that moment, first grade, I begin to say some words. I begin to form some thoughts. And that thought in my head was that I'm dumb. I'm dumb. It was real subtle, dumb. 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 When thoughts come to us, a lot of times the first thing we do is question them because they don't fit right. But as we sit with them long enough, we begin to think that those are actually how we are supposed to live and where we're supposed to stay. I remember when skinny jeans were really cool. And I remember putting them on for the first time. There's nothing natural about skinny jeans. <laughs> but after you wear them, you trick yourself, don't you, band? Okay, um, <laughs> I'm kidding, y'all. I have them. I'm joking. I'm joking. I love you. Listen. But after I wore them for a while, I'm like, hey, I like these. I can work out in these. No, you can't. Okay? All right, anyway, whatever. And so, but what happens with the lies is we have lies that come. We hear them. They don't fit right at first. But as we sit with them long enough and hear them long enough, we begin to believe that that's actually how and what we're supposed to put on every day. That's what happens. So for me, I said, I'm dumb, I'm dumb, I'm dumb. It's really weird. I can, I can tell you everything about that room in first grade. I can tell you the smell of that room. I can tell you where the seats were. I can tell you what the floor looked like. I can tell you what the board looks like right now in this moment. 
I can tell you and recall everything about that room as if it was real, and I can pull it up in my mind right now in this moment. And you want to know why? Because the enemy wants you to believe it was so real and that you will never forget it so that you live from a place that you were never meant to live from. Hear me. There's a reason why there's things in your life that you can recall in this moment and go back to in this very moment that you think about on a regular basis, and that was over 30-something years ago for me. And you have that same story. You have that same thing that feels like it's driving your life, and you think that it's in the past, but when the past is infecting your current situation, it is not your past. It is still affecting your present. Those are areas where we traded a truth for a lie. Every single one of us, we're all in the same boat here, y'all. Let's not church it up. Let's not play it up. We're all in the same boat. The fallen world in which we live in at some point is gonna rub off on us and there's gonna be a moment where there's an exchange that happens where we trade God's truth for a lie and we begin to live from it. And it happens for all of us. But I need you to understand and know that not every thought that comes into your mind is yours. Did you know until the 80s, they didn't actually know that your brain could change. Neurologically, they did not know that your brain could change. They thought when your brain got to a certain age, it wasn't plastistic, if that's the right word, if I can say it right. I was a kid with a ring disability, okay? So whatever it is. But like, there, there, it, it, it didn't, it wasn't moldable. It wasn't changeable. And until the 80s, they began to realize through neuroscience that your brain can change. Well, Scripture's been saying this for years. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. He's ahead. Look, scientists using, Christianity and science are going together. What are we talking about? Like Jesus already knew this. It's been spoken 2,000 years ago to us saying yes, and now science is catching up with Scripture. How many of you guys... The best way I can explain, like, not every thought's yours. Um, how many of you guys love The Lion King? Anyone love The Lion King? Oh, my gosh. You're my people. Yes. Have you ever been to the musical The Lion King? Anyone in here? Oh, yes, yes. Okay, listen, listen. It's better than Ridlin. Listen, it is good. <laughs> like, the opening scene... So all the spandex, right, and all these colors, and people's bodies are moving like they shouldn't, you know? And there's like the opening scene, it's, you know, and there's this moment. I'm like watching this, me and my wife are there, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And then, the, you know, the curtain closes, and I'm like, one more time, one more time. She's like, sit down. I'm like, okay. And so, so I said, there's a moment Plug yours, okay? I'm just, just spoiler alerting all over the place today, okay? Listen. You've seen, you know the story, right? Where, where Scar, the moment happens, where Scar comes to Simba after Mufasa dies. Simba says, what do I do? Scar looks at him, he says, run. Run. What does Simba do? He runs. He runs far away. He runs and tries to get away. 
gets isolated and alone. There's the moment where Mufasa shows up. I mean, Fikri shows up. Remember Fikri? Comes to Simba, takes him down by the water. <laughs> You're giggling at me. Takes him down by the water. Simba, your father's not dead. He's alive. He lives in you. Oh my gosh. I'm like weeping. I've seen it before. I'm weeping. I'm worse than the Harry Potter lady. <laughs> and then in the musical, this song breaks out. Let me read you the words of the song. This isn't scripture. This is from the musical Lion King. It's just catching up to scripture. Watch this. This is crazy. Lion King, in the middle of this moment. He leaves in you, right? This moment. Here's the song. Here's the words. Wait, there is no mountain too great. Hear the words and have faith. He lives in you. He lives in me. He watches over everything we see into the waters, into the truth, in your reflection. He lives in you. He lives in you. He lives in me. He watches over everything we see into the waters, into the truth. In your reflection, he lives in you, okay? I'm weeping. I'm having a moment with Jesus where I'm realizing all the times that I've ran, all the times that I've gone, all the times when I thought he wasn't there, all the times when I thought he had left, all the times where I thought that he, I, he is not there, that all of a sudden I realized, no, 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 I cannot run him, he's in me. Jesus lives in you. And anything that you're hearing that is shame, fear, guilt, condemnation is not the God's voice. It is not God. Fear, shame, guilt, condemnation is not God. He is not a bully. He is a gentleman. He's always with his arms open wide saying, there's an invite for you. You can come back at any time. You can, you can come close to me. He's not a tackler. He's a hugger. You know the difference in a tackle and a hug? One wants to be, both, both parties have to want to hug, right? It's a tackle when the other one's trying to get away, right? Like that, that's the difference. He's not out for tackling people. He's out for hugging people and you being with him. So if you're hearing lies, shame, fear, guilt, condemnation, it is not from God. I have to say this, is not in my notes, but there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation makes you run from God. Conviction makes you run to God. In John 10, it's not in my notes, John 10, it says that, that, that there is a good shepherd. And it says in John 10, that he calls you by name. He doesn't call you names. You hear that? He calls you by name. He doesn't call you names. 
If you hear name calling in your head about what you're not and what you can't be and what you're not gonna be able to do and how you don't add up and that you're gonna be alone and you're all these things, that is not the voice of God. That is the enemy throwing thoughts at you, trying to get you to take them in and to walk them out. And some of you have lived with certain thoughts. When you look at yourself in the mirror every day, there's things that you say, there's things that you say over yourself, there's things that you say about yourself. And what you gotta realize is just because it fits now doesn't mean it was ever supposed to fit. Some of you are hearing lies and you're believing lies and you're saying things in the mirror every day and some of those things are like, I'm not lovable. I don't add up. No one wants me. I'm too much. I've always been too much. I know that lie. That lie's a friend of mine that I've chosen to break up with. For some of you, it's I'm addicted. I know that lie. That's been a friend of mine. I broke it off. To the left, to the left, everything you own in a box, to that left. Right, Sean? There you are, I thought you were over here. Sorry. You have to break up with it. Just because it's comfortable just because it's what you've always known, just because it's what you find your identity in, just because it's what's defended your life for this long doesn't mean it has to anymore because there's only one defender that we should be living from. Jesus is our defender, period. And anything else that's defending your life, you are actually, you are actually giving yourself over to. Anything else that you surrender to that is not Jesus, it will take your power. Jesus is the only thing that you can surrender to that will give you power. He's the only thing. It's so backwards in the kingdom of God. Some of you believe you don't have a purpose. Some of you believe your words don't matter. Some of you believe that your presence doesn't matter. Some of you believe that you've messed up so bad and you've crossed too many lines and you've said too many things, you've gone too far further than you ever wanted to go and there's no turning back and you can't be saved and you can't be healed and God doesn't love you, he wants nothing to do with you. It is a lie. I said this yesterday in the conference but I have to say it again. We come into this world, the world begins to happen to us. And when it does, the fallen world, we find ourselves in two categories. In Isaiah 61, it says that he has come, the sovereign Lord is upon me to preach the good news, to proclaim freedom to the prisoner and the captive. There's two kinds of people in the room today. We're either prisoners or we're captives. Prisoners get there because of something they've done. Some of you know the things you've done. It's highlighted to you every morning. It's why you think you are the way that you are. It's the thing that you shame yourself with. You know your role and what you've done. Because man, that's what I got beat up with in church the most. I'm a failure because I did this. I can't stop sinning. But then there's the captive. The captive didn't get there because of something they did. They got there because of something someone else had done. And some of you are in this room right now and you're believing lies, not because of anything you did, but something that has been done to you. 
Let me just say you're not the minority in this room. Someone was supposed to take care of you. Someone was supposed to protect you. Someone was supposed to be there for you. Someone had a role and a job in your life and they weren't. And now because of their mistake, because of what they did, because of their sin, now you are living from a lie that was never your fault and you were never meant to to live by. I want you to know that he says there's freedom for the prisoner and the captive, regardless of how you got here, regardless if it was you or if it was someone else, there's freedom for the captive. In 1865, when they, when they abolished slavery, the 13th Amendment was passed, they abolished slavery. There was a moment where the slave owners had to go out to the fields. They had to look the slaves in the face and say, I don't own you anymore. There's a law passed in our land that says, I don't own you anymore. You can go free. Do you know what a lot of them did? They stayed. They stayed not because there was a new truth, but there's a new thing that happened there was a new moment in law in town that had more power than what they'd ever lived in. They just stayed because what they'd always known was telling them something that they were trying to learn to live in that the new thing that happened. Last time I checked, Romans 6, 17 tells us that you were once a slave to sin, but now you're a slave to righteousness. That there was once a ball and chain on your leg that you could not take off. But... Now, Jesus came, you received Jesus, now he takes that ball and chain of sin off and he puts the ball and chain of righteousness on your leg and you can't take it off. Last time I checked, Galatians 2, 20 said, you've been crucified in Christ, it's no longer that you live, but the life you live, you live through faith of the Son of God who died and gave himself for you. Last time I checked, Colossians 3, 3 said, you have died and you're now hidden in Jesus. Those are true. Now, whether we're living in them or not, That's up to us. I'm gonna close with this because I have just a few minutes. So Ketrick, if that's true, if Jesus saved me and he freed me, and for those of you in the room that have said yes to Jesus, given your life to Christ, made him your savior and Lord, the question is, why do I still sin? (laughs) Right? Because I heard 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore you're in Christ, your new creation, the old is gone, the new has come. Second time to ever set foot in church. I thought I was going there for go-karts and girls, and I found God. You guys got, anyone else got tricked? Anyone else? Yeah, they tricked me, okay? Second time I ever stepped foot in church, you know about Jesus. And they said, Ketrick, you're saved. Second Corinthians 5, 17, the old is gone, the new has come. Guess what, three weeks later, the old came back. Showed up at my doorstep in my house. I thought it was gone, I thought I left it back at that retreat with the weird green carpet. No, I packed it up somewhere. I don't even know what I did. So why do we still mess up? Why do we still sin? I need three volunteers really fast to come up here so I can close it out. I only just got a few minutes. Can I get three? Perfect, perfect. I want to show you what happened when you gave your life to Jesus. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Come over here, come over here. Come here, come here, come here. Come here, come here a little closer. Come a little closer, come on. Come on, yeah. <clears throat> just kidding. Okay, yeah, stay right there. You're perfect. Okay, First Thessalonians 5.23. Will you put that around your neck for me? The Bible tells us that when we come into this world, we have a, we have a body, Oh, here, 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 ooh, ooh, sorry, sorry, wow, wow, you must work out, okay, wow, my neck's so big, 
Okay, wow. Sorry, I should have handed that to you the right way. So the, the, hold on, we only got a few minutes. Be quiet. Okay, listen. So don't laugh at weird stuff, okay? Listen, look at me. Look at me. This is serious. This is serious business. Okay, so 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says when you come into this world, you have a body, you have a soul, and you have a spirit, right? Okay, your body is like, like your outside appearance. It's like what you walk around in. Some of you ladies, you put that mascara on, you know, maybe it's Maybelline, you know, whatever that bat poop stuff. So some of you didn't know it's bat poop, actually. Um, look it up. Not right now, wait afterwards. But... You boys, you do the push-ups, you know, like, oh, work out, like you were, you know, yeah. And so that's your body. It's your earth suit. Walk around in. Get around. Thanks, Ketrick. That's really deep, okay? And then you have your soul. Your soul's made of your, say, mind, made of your mind, your will, your emotions. That's your soul. And then you have your spirit. Well, when you come into a relationship with Jesus, you give your life to Christ, your spirit and the Holy Spirit become one. Oh, but you're wondering who's taller. Okay, and so... Some of you, that's all you can think about. So, this is the new you. When you gave your life to Jesus, the old is gone, the new has come. This is the new you. You've been given his spirit. Not part of his spirit, not some of his spirit, not half of his spirit, not a spirit like the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The exact same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. All of it. He didn't parcel it out. He gave you all of it. That's the new you. Well, then what's the problem? Oh, I gotta do this really fast. What's the problem? What's the problem? The problem is not you. You're awesome. It's your soul. Your soul's made of your mind, your real emotions. It's where you've housed everything that's happened to you. It's where the lies sit. It's where the things that you say about yourself are. It's all these things. But the Bible says, be ye transformed, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And if you can get this truth in you, let me get this here. You can hold it. Okay. If you can get this truth in you, it will begin to line up with your new spirit, and then your body will follow. Okay? This is salvation. Instant. I got all of him. Instant. Salvation. This is sanctification. And when we're on the other side, we'll get into glorification. We'll be fully who we're meant to be. But if you're having issues in your life and you can't seem to find freedom and you keep talking yourself down and you're saying things about you that God never said about you, it has nothing to do with are you saved? It has nothing to do with I need more of Jesus. He guaranteed and gave you the same exact power. He was not stingy. He did not go, well, I like you and I'm gonna give you more and not you. Because I'm five foot seven and this dude is... However tall he is, he doesn't have more than me. What's up, right? He doesn't have more than me. I need you to rise up. I need you to understand. I don't care what anyone has said about you. They didn't know you. I don't care if they gave birth to you. He knew you before you were in the, in the foundation of the earth, before you were even in your mother's womb. I don't care what she said. I do, but I don't because she didn't know you. She was doing the best that she could with what she had and what was passed down to her. He was doing the best that he could with what he had that was passed down to him. We're all handed a toolbox and we're missing tools and we're using tools in the wrong way because of how we've seen them. But you don't have to be a product of your environment. I don't care if you're 12 in here and I don't care if someone's done something to you so now you feel like you're marked and you feel like, well, because I did this thing, I must be this. That is a lie. Don't settle for what God gave you. But he won't make you. 
It's an invite. He won't make you live in his truth. Love is a choice. The only reason that there was a tree in the garden was because God knew that love was a choice, not a feeling. He knew that he had to give them the choice to reject him so that love would be in the room so they could choose him. And it's not just a one-time thing of salvation. It's, Lord, how do I choose you so I can renew my mind and now I can walk in the spirit and freedom and be a little more free today than I was yesterday. You have all the Jesus you're ever going to have. I'm to the age sometimes where I'm looking for my keys and they're in my hand. Anybody? Where are my keys? Where are my keys? I need you to know they're with you. You have all the Jesus you're ever going to have. Can I do one more illustration? Do I have time? I'm over. Okay. Thank you guys so much. Can you give it up for them? I'll take these. Let me drive it home. Oh gosh, oh gosh, here we go. We're so smooth. Oh, what's going on here? We are so smooth. This is awesome. We're in big church. All right. I'll close with this. I'll close with this. We're not going to have time to do a call to Christ. If you don't know Jesus at the end of this, you need to talk to me. You need to talk to the pastors here. You need to to get that right. Because if you don't have the power source, none of this works. You have to have the power source of Jesus living in you so that he can go and live through you. Okay? But I'm going to give you this last illustration of how to explain having all of Jesus. My first, my first car was a 1986 Buick Somerset. All right, it was sick. It was white, had a red rag top. It's on 15s. It had, it had, you rolled the windows up, it was electric windows. 1986, you rolled them in the middle. It had a digital speedometer. 1986. I didn't know how to make this car any better, so I went to Walmart and I got a CD player. It's a Sony CD player. You know what CDs are, some of you youngins? There's a round thing. Hey, we'll talk about it later. And so, and I went to Walmart, and I bought the CD player, and I got the wiring, and I put it in, and I turned it on, and it lit up. And I was like, I'm going to get a girlfriend. <laughs> but there was things about the CD player I couldn't fix. There's things I didn't know how to work. The, the clock was blinking at me like this. I didn't know how to set the stations at the bottom to listen to radio. There was things about the CD player that I didn't know how to work. But it wasn't that I didn't have all the CD player, right? Like I didn't need to go back to Walmart and say, hey man, I need some more parts. What I needed to do is go to the manual of the one who made it so I could find out how it fully works and use all of the benefits of that CD player. And some of you need to understand where you've been looking and what you've been running after and getting approval from. If it's not from here, you need to go to the manual of the one who made you. Don't read this Bible to get God to love you. He already does. Don't read this Bible to get God's attention. You already have his attention. Read this Bible to find out what you've been given so that you can fully live in all the benefits that now the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and you can live from it. Take all the benefits of the buffet, baby. Come on, I want it all. I paid for it. I'm gonna put it in my my wife's purse and take it home. Yeah. Preach. Put it put it put it in your purse anyway. That's what I'm saying right there. <laughs> home alone anyway. I want to pray. Jesus, Father, let every person in this room, if they've given their life to Jesus and said yes to you, let them know that they have all of you. Let them know that they don't have to settle for where they've been. I don't care if they're 80. I don't care if they're 90. I don't care if they're five. 
if they can hear this truth, this truth transforms and it changes. And you're, there's always more freedom. There's always more freedom. Don't settle for just where you are. Don't settle for what someone told you to settle for. So Jesus, I pray that you would empower them. Holy Spirit, would you show them where you want to maneuver in their lives? And Father, would they freely give it over to you? Father, we thank you for your transforming power, that it's not a one-time transformation, it is an ongoing transformation. And thank you that you've given us everything we need to live in godliness like your word says. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Lex City Church podcast. If you would like to support ministries of Lex City, visit lexcity.church/give. Please subscribe and follow us on social media at Lex City Church for more encouraging teachings and content.